welcome to another episode of Turnstiles and Tribulations, the Arsenal football podcast where Chris and I, we discuss the games that have been happening and uh, a few other little things along the way. So Arsenal just took on Bodo Glimt of Norway. We travelled all the way up to the Arctic Circle, as did some hardcore away support, which was absolutely brilliant to see. Chris, let's let's talk about the game. What were your thoughts? It's some record, that, 14, 14 in a row. Um, I wonder how much of that is to do with their plastic pitch and the conditions in that um, artificial environment, whether it's really difficult for teams to go there and play. And maybe that's what led to one of the least interesting games that we've had this season, to put it nicely. Yeah, yeah that was, um, wasn't one that we're going to be rushing to watch back again. Uh, it, like you say, possibly down to the artificial pitch. But I think even Arteta said before the game, let's not get bogged down with that kind of stuff. Although he did reference it post-match. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've all, ev- every person who's played um, football, especially in the UK, is likely to have played on AstroTurf at some point. Whether it's the 3G, the kind of, you know, longer fake grass with the rubber uh, matting underneath yeah. uh, or whether it's the more solid and short AstroTurf with sand all over it so that when you go for a slide and tackle not only do you cut yourself up you get lots of little bits of sand in the cuts too always love that um, so players have played on it yes I know that these guys will be used to having the best pitches um, other than when they go to scabby teams that don't bother watering them or whatever it might be before a game to try and give themselves an advantage. But I, I, we can't use that as an excuse. I think, unfortunately, this was a sub-standard performance by the Arsenal. Um, and I'm sure Arteta will be happy with the win, but he will have uh, had a go at the, the players after that. Um, I'll come on to maybe what I think, some of the mental side of it, some of what, Arteta would have been saying a bit later and maybe just as usual the best place to start is at the beginning with uh, the team news yeah a few uh, I guess interesting bits of of team news because we had uh, Rob Holden and Saliba as the two centre-backs and there was a a little thought when I saw the lineup that Saliba might play on the left because there'd been some talk about that maybe that's mainly fan-led but um you know, the left-sided centre-back position is one that we've discussed over the last couple of pods. So I thought there might be a chance to maybe use Saliba there and think about whether there was a chance to bring Ben White back into cent- uh, the right centre-back position or something like that. But uh, he moved he moved Saliba and put... Sorry, he kept Saliba where, where he was on the right and put Holden on, on the left. Um, so that was interesting. And then uh, we got to see Reese Nelson, which was the biggest thing for me going into the game I wanted to see how much he put into the game um, what sort of response we'd get from him as a as a player starting and I guess how much of a impact he can maybe have um, but that's probably a little bit ambitious because it's tough for a player coming in when, when you've not played for a long time I can't remember the last time he started a game or played a decent amount of minutes for us um, he certainly hasn't had a run uh, without being injured for a long time. So it was tough for him to come in 
I thought he made some interesting movements in the first half. I thought he was decent. He, he had a couple of decent runs, maybe in the first sort of 20 minutes. And then he just sort of disappeared from the game and, and we didn't really see him again, which maybe is a symptom of, of him not playing first team football enough and we'll have to give him a little bit more time. But that, they were the interesting ones for me. Um, it was quite a strong lineup, I guess, because we saw Odegaard starting and Saka starting. But as Arteta referenced, I think, afterwards, there's not that many players because we've got a few injuries. There's, there's a couple with knocks. There's obviously Gabriel Jesus didn't travel with the team. So really, there's there's only a, a limited selection he's got, um, uh, limited options for his selection. Uh, and that's the team we, we saw. I uh, I think there's a pattern that has emerged here that is interesting, probably not surprising. Maybe we should have seen it coming, that the first teamers are being shuffled about into the Europa starting. So generally the players that are on the bench in the Premier League are starting these games. People like Vieira, people like um, Turner, maybe Tierney if he wasn't in the starting lineup, so on and so on, Rob Holding. And then he's sprinkling in a few of the first-teamers because we've let a few of the obvious um, academy slash under-21 type players, they're out on loan this, this year. Balogun, Patino, the people of that kind of level, they're not at the club, so... We, we've only got the even younger people to pick from. Same with what happened, obviously, a few weeks ago with Winery. So he shuffled those first-team players that were in this starting lineup around from what was previous. So instead of Gabriel, it was Saliba. Um, instead of uh, Martinelli, it was Nelson. Instead of Marquinhos, it was Saka. So he's clearly using this as a platform to keep I think you mentioned it before keep some players ticking over so that they're in a good way because we talked about it very very briefly I think offline just you and I that uh, he'd brought players on in the first game against this lot and I was a little bit worried because I was thinking oh what if there's an injury and we've gone and done something like this yeah so that's clear and obvious to see um, as one thing like you say I think uh, a lot of the stuff about some people's positions is fan led more than them I think just keep it as simple as you can try not to move things around too much although they're capable um, why why bother um, Nelson on the left was an interesting one as he's not normally out there obviously KT playing at left back and I'm not sure if the commentators uh, I had um, really knew what was going on because they were saying that it was uh, three at the back and, and I was like, it's not, it's a it's a back four. And then Tierney's moving into midfield alongside Sambi when we've got the ball, which releases Vieira to push up so that we've got more in attack. Um, so that clearly now isn't just about a personnel thing that Xhaka is that person next to Partey and Xhaka pushes forward and whether it's Zinchenko or Tierney or Tomiyasu that now comes into that middle point when we have the ball going forward um, 
So one thing I want to make sure is that we don't, uh, people talk about being too obvious. Uh, Liverpool have had that recently that people have sussed them out. Hopefully we don't fall into that now that it's becoming obvious that that's what we do, that players and teams start to figure that out going forward. Um, but you're right. The, uh, the game really wasn't very good. Unfortunately, the, uh, the performance wasn't quite there again, whether it's down to the pitch or, or not, but we, uh, we were scruffy. We were not at it as, as well as we have been, especially in the Premier League. Um, there was only a glimpse here and there of a nice touch or a, a little bit of decent build-up play or, or link play. And I was thinking, kind of you talked about it was good to see Nelson in. I was thinking this should be a game that players like Reese Nelson, like Nketiah or even Vieira should be bending over backwards to get the ball and use it and do something that says, I want to be in that Premier League starting eleven, And I didn't see a single thing that did that. Like I thought Nketiah was slicing shots. I thought Nelson was just anonymous to be honest. And even somewhat Vieira wasn't really that impactful. So uh, everyone just kind of went missing. Yeah, I th- the, the the intensity of the game was, I thought, a lot lower than we've seen recently. Maybe it's because we've had it quite good in the last few weeks. And when we're looking at the game and the Premier League games and the, the quality that we've had and the intensity that we've played at, and the quality of of performances, when it does drop, it's really noticeable. And the changes that Arteta made in the, in this game to bring in Inketia and Nelson, the drop off is is quite big between Jesus and Martinelli and and them two. Uh, even in the even in those sort of intangible things where it where it's like determination and the amount of effort it looks like they're putting in. Um, those things are noticeable when they're not there. And we've said before about Jesus setting the tempo for us, certainly in the first few weeks of the season. Um, other people, I think, have caught up now. But without him there, I think there was a noticeable difference. And that's, I think, where it stemmed from. And then once you don't start a game quickly and you allow the opposition and Bodo Glimper are not, and they're no mugs. Um, they've also got a great record and they're, they're very solid in their league as well. And they've got some some really good players and uh, a manager who certainly pre-match was talking up his chances of getting a Premier League job. Um, so, <laughs> you know, they're, they're a good side and they're, they're a challenge for us. We made it look quite easy against them in the home game, but certainly coming away was, was a lot more difficult. Um, so it, there's nothing in that that worried me. There's nothing in that that I think we can draw too many conclusions from. I think the changes affect the tempo and the intensity so much. Uh, there's a couple of players I wanted to particularly talk about, though, because I guess as, in general for the game, I don't think there's too much to talk about. I think Bodo Glimp probably had more chances than us. Yeah. And they probably deserved more than losing a game. Um Definitely. But but there's a couple of players I thought um, I wanted to sort of get your opinion on as well because uh, I I don't know whether I've got a little bit of a biased opinion on both of them at the moment but uh, it'd be interesting to hear hear your thoughts and the, the first of those is Sambi Lukonga 
what did you make of his performance in centre midfield? He's playing this essentially the party role, right? He's a little bit deeper. He's played it a couple of times this season. He, he's he's been sort of a a choice of Arteta's in the Europa League. What did you make of him? I felt there wasn't too much traffic in his direction, really. I think uh, it was quite obvious that Bodo were trying to get down the wings um, and they got some decent joy out of it. Again, he was another one that you, watching that game, the whole attitude for me as that game maybe came from how the game was being played um, and what the players were thinking and how they were treating it, etc. And I just didn't see anything there wasn't like a not one of our players stood out was like you've had the good game of this this 11 um and to be honest I think he is another one who was largely anonymous did you see something that I wasn't or so Sambi I really like him on the ball obviously he got the assist it was a really nicely weighted pass a little bit like an Odegaard pass um the way he put it in Saka's path and I thought there were a few other moments where he made some good decisions, dropped a shoulder quite well and moved the ball, progressed the ball forward a little bit. Not for the whole game, but there were signs on the ball that he's really good. Off the ball, I think his discipline, his positional discipline is really poor. And there were a few times when Bodo Glimp got through that I thought were essentially his fault, leaving mm. quite big gaps. He seems to drift a little bit to the right side. Um, when we're defending and he I don't know whether he's following players and he ends up out of position or whether that's part of the role that he's been told to do but he seems to vacate the middle quite a lot and it's is there's some big gaps so I've just got a a niggling doubt about him having a long-term future unless he learns that um, defensive side of the game a lot quicker on the ball I really like the stuff he does he reminds me of party on the ball. He can't do everything the same, but he's got similar skill set. Off the ball, he's, he's nowhere near. Um, so I was just wondering from a different perspective, because um, I am sort of feel like I'm projecting that on him before I even watch a game a little bit, but right. hopefully he'll come good. I Yeah, I think I, I, I know what you mean. Like I, I, His passing definitely is good when, when he's in that groove. Um, he the best way to describe it and to liken him alongside party is for every action that Partey does, Lukonga needs two or three touches more. Yeah. That's what I would say about that. It's, and that is, will come with learning that will come with time as for the positional sense. Again, that comes with learning and that comes with time, but you would feel that if from what we're seeing from Arteta, it's very clear you know, someone like Tierney, for example, who has got that job of playing a left wing back or left back, whichever they're kind of phrasing it, um, and then moving into the the left sided uh, midfield position for a pivot with Sambi Lukonga. There's a lot of deliberate um, positioning going on there. Like you say, it's either one or the other. Either he is switching off and going into a world of his own and moving out of the positions that Arteta has asked him to be in, or maybe is the wrong position that Arteta is asking him to to occupy. Um, I guess we won't really know externally other than his playing time. But even if he was a, 
a player that kind of ignored a lot of instructions. He's going to play in a Europa League game ahead of party because we need to wrap party up in cotton wool. So I don't know. We'll we'll keep an eye on that one. Um, Here, here's mentioned. a question, just following on from that. It just just to follow on from that, say um, we've got a big game coming up, and him and El Nani are fit against a, a top side or later stages of the Europa League. Would you play Sambi or would you play El Nani in that role if Party wasn't available? El Nani. Yeah, personally, just because I like El Nani, I've always I've always liked him. Um, if it's an absolute must win, you know, cup competition, whatever it might be. Um, and I can only pick one. I would pick Al Nenny because, because we've talked about, you get the solid 6.57 performance out of Al Nenny. Um, he doesn't often get, you know, man of the match shouts or anything like that, but he's also not ever really in the consideration of the worst player on the pitch either. Um, Sambi, I think, has some possible brilliance in him. I think, you know, on his day, once, and maybe it is all just about confidence. We saw on All or Nothing towards the end of the uh, series how they sat around the table with Eddie, um, I forget who else I think was uh, Smith Rowe, maybe Saka was there with him. And, um, you know, they're saying how he's all quiet, you know, you've changed since you came here. And he's like, you know, it's because I'm not playing. And then Ketia hits him with the truth bomb. He's like, do you think you're the, the only one playing, bro? Like, come on. Like, don't you dare, yeah. like, cry into your cornflakes because you ain't playing, man. You, And that's great to see from Nketiah that that's there. But, yeah, maybe he is a bit with being young, being away from home. Although he's not far. Like, helping over to Belgium is not a, a tough trip to make. Even after training, you could go spend the afternoon in Belgium um, and then come back the following morning. So, um, but maybe that's a consideration. Maybe he quite hasn't felt fully at home yet. So that that can always have an impact. But we'll see. We'll see how we progress. Um, here is something that I was thinking about as well. If we do, I mean, it looks like we're doing well in the group. We should, uh, obviously, we'll make it through to the next round. There are a couple of big teams dropping down from the Champions League. So certainly I don't think it's the whole, oh, Arsenal should really you know, win Europa anymore because there's a couple of big European teams coming down into, uh, into our competition. Um, at what point do you have to go with the first team because we want to win that competition over the people that did the legwork to get us into that position? So if we get drawn against Barcelona, for example, you know, and we then put out our Premier League eleven, how harsh is that on the Rob Holdings, the Turners, um, the Vieiras if he's not, uh, you know, in that starting eleven? Yeah, they'll have a part to play in it. I think when it gets to the later stages, you you have to be able to play the strongest team as many times as possible. If we're going to be a, a serious team in the future and looking ahead to next season, hopefully in the Champions League, you need to be able to put your first 11 out twice a week and your squad players come in and you know you can rotate here and there with them, but it's not a, a complete change of 11. You have to deal with the physicality of 
play in all those matches uh, if you're really really going to be a serious strong team so for me if we if we end up drawing somebody who's dropped down from the Champions League and is a strong European powerhouse then you, you know you have to stick with that strongest team and try and win the game with them I don't think it's about you know Rob Holding got us here so we keep him in or Turner got us here and we keep him in Sadly, those players miss out at that point because it's it's a serious competition and they'll get some game time in the Cups if we end up drawing somebody decent. Um, I think I'm right in saying that the first round after the groups, if you win the group, you don't play. Is that is that right? Something like that? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not up on, on that as to what's happening there next. Um, but something that you said there was a key point I wanted to kind of put my whole thing about on this particular episode was you said it's a serious competition to me the performance that we put in yesterday against a small norwegian town that we know the population of that town is less than the the uh, capacity at the emirates we were from for my money's worth we were in that mindset of either we should just walk all over these guys so we don't need to try or we just don't really care about this competition for us. All of our eggs are in the basket of the Premier League. Um, and that is what led to us being so meh compared to what we have been in, in the Premier League. Also, it could just be because of the level that we've been playing at in the Premier League. There's going to be a time, there will come a time, unfortunately, where we do not hit those heights. It will happen. Um and we've just got to be ready for it as and when it does. So, yeah, with the whole idea that it's a serious competition, for me, that performance was a lack of respect for that competition because even the players who came in, the Enketias and Nelsons, they, they really didn't do anything. I, when I talk about Arteta being happy with the win, but he will have, he will have got stuck into them uh, after that game, or maybe he's doing it today. We got away with one for a start, but secondly, how that is not the level. And you need, every game is important. Like winning in a, a game in a far-flung part of Europe, all of these actions build up so that you can be the per- the team and the, the people winning a competition. No matter what it is, you've got to remember that the end goal is to win the competition. And I've always felt this about the Premier League as well. Like, it's all very well being up for a big game against a rival like Liverpool or City or whoever it might be. And then the mediocre performances against a lower, you know, perceived lower team like a a Norwich or a Fulham or something like that. You They've got to go into these competitions knowing that every minute of every game is the difference between getting to the end of that competition, whatever it is, Europe, domestic, and being a possible winner or just being the first first loser. Uh, and that, that, for me, would be what I would be trying to get across to the team, that we've gotten away with it in what is a second... Is it actually? I was going to say, what is our secondary competition? Is it because we're still not, you know, most 
balanced Arsenal fans um, that that don't hit the bottle first thing in the morning would still probably be saying, you know, we just want to make sure that we're staying up there and in the conversation. I don't think we're having any serious chats about winning the league or anything. Um, so is Europa the more important competition um, than the Premiership this year? Because we're not expecting to win it. But yeah, my my main thing is every single thing you do builds up to that end goal and one slip, especially in the once we get to knockout stages of Europa and other competitions that involve that, one slip and it's gone. So uh, I think that'll be something that he'll be reminding the team of. Yeah, and we've got a, a bit more of a test when we play PSV over the next couple of weeks. So I guess we'll see whether this this team and this lineup can can do the job against a, a stronger opponent. And um, on a personal note, we get to see Cody Gappo, who I'm going to keep uh, talking about for the next couple of weeks. And um, I, I am almost certain he'll score against us. And we should definitely buy him in January. But should we look ahead a little bit to the weekend and just have a think about Leeds? Because, you know... The serious business continues on on Sunday. We've mm-hmm. got the, uh, the two o'clock kickoff um, before the what what used to be the number one and two in the league. What before before we made our uh, got our elbows out and nudged our way in. Um, it's <laughs> Liverpool City is the second second game up. But what are you thinking for the Leeds game? We're, we're away. Can't Liverpool fancy our chances? Is it going to be an easy three points? I saw Jesse March has been talking Arteta up already. No, no game is an easy three points anymore. I will continue to say that. There are no whipping boys in the Premier League. There are certainly teams that maybe don't turn up that particular day, um, like we did against Bodo. That was a team that didn't turn up, but we got away with it. Um, Because, yeah, although we won, Bodo, I think, had way more opportunities to, to score and to win. Leeds is always a very good atmosphere. I've been there quite a few times as a kid um, to watch Leeds play, and it's it's no different. They have a a well oiled machine, I think. There at Leeds, they're not the best technically, but they work hard uh, and under their their manager Marsh. They haven't hit the heights of the first few weeks of the season. They were looking quite good um, at the start of the season there, and that that sheen has become quite dull on on them i i expect to win because i think that's where we are and that's what we should be doing we should be going to ellen road and expecting to win but i don't expect it to be an easy game but you never know if we start well like we have been get an early goal maybe top up with a second early goal in the first 25 minutes and we're tuning up by then then maybe it does become an easier game and we get the opportunity to score a third or a fourth. But if it goes the other way, maybe something happens early that they get a good chance and, and they get to capitalise. You know, we'll have to dig in and, and see what we have there. This, it's uh, Like I say, it's a game I expect to win, but uh, it's not a game I expect to walk. Fair, fair. Yeah, I, was, I remember talking them up. Uh, it was after they played... Chelsea, right? They they thrashed Chelsea yeah, second or third game of the season. Um, and I think I said to you that they were the closest team visually to watching us. And I was expecting them then to go on a really good run and I'd be proven as, you know, Nostradamus 
but they haven't won a game since then in the league. Um, Have they not won at all since then? They they won in the EFL Cup, but they've uh, they've really struggled over the last sort of five six games. That's um, nuts. And I mean, even last week when they lost to Palace, I think Jesse March was saying that it was one of the best performances they've had, but it, it, it's still a loss. So they're a team who are out of form. It should be a, a game that we are heavily, heavily favourites for. And even though we're away from home, like you say, uh, um, uh, in a tough atmosphere, I really fancy us. And the the beauty of having that Bodo Glimp game or maybe getting that goal earlier was maybe we took our foot off the gas a little bit. And even the guys who were on the pitch who were first teamers maybe didn't put 100% into that game and... It, it, maybe it showed on the pitch, but after getting the result and holding back a little bit, maybe that makes a little bit of sense and we'll be fit and raring to go and, and hopefully blow them away. Yeah, hopefully. I, I just quickly look back, as you, as you just mentioned that, about the fact they haven't won. And you're right, they've had a couple of draws and a few losses. Obviously, as well, they missed a game that would have been rescheduled during um, the the Queen's bits and pieces um that yeah that has kind of snuck under my radar that they were in uh in that kind of uh, a run of form so yeah i've i've always said it we're a dangerous team to play when um when the opposition need the result or are failing to uh, live up to where they should be we like united we went into that knowing full well we should have won and yet, lo and behold, they turn it on to play against us. I still stick with my original stance. All of the games that they've either drawn or lost have been close. Um, maybe the Brentford one, they got a bit of a whooping. But I think even that, I remember watching the highlights and uh, Brentford only stretched out late on, I think, in that game to uh, to get the lead, the lead in that one. Um, and I'm just trying to think as well. Have they got any major injury concerns to any of their better players? For, the, for this game, I'm not sure. Remember, they lost Rodrigo, didn't they, to the shoulder injury? And that sort of blew blew their steam a little bit. But I think he's back. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's back. Um, and uh, yeah, he played 90 minutes uh, in the last game against Palace. So he's back and obviously is a bit of a talisman for them. Bamford, uh, I don't know, like he's... He played a little bit, but he hasn't kind of done it yet. Is he the kind of player who's going to be like, oh, I've got an opportunity here against Arsenal? So we'll see. I think we'll win. I would go with 2-0. Okay, 2-0. Yeah, I fancy us maybe 3-0. Okay. Do you know what Paul Merson said? Well, <laughs> knowing he him, said, probably that Leeds would win 7-2. He said Arsenal will rip them to shreds. Oh, great. Well, that's, that's, that's so, the curse um, right there. Get on that. <laughs> um looking around the uh weekend's fixtures obviously the big one that does stand out is that Liverpool City what are we hoping for there we were we cheering on the reds oh well uh I, I hate to cheer on Liverpool at any point of the season I'm very much at the mindset that until Arsenal are back on top I'm very happy for City to walk away with a league year after year. So 
it's just it's a hard one. I, I like seeing Liverpool suffer that Schadenfreude. Um, <laughs> so for them to lose again would be hilarious um, and stay mid-table. So I, I don't care that much, to be honest, about it. I, I guess that probably tells you that I don't really believe we'll, we'll challenge City for the title. Otherwise, you'd be wanting them to lose. I get what you're saying. Like You never want to support teams that we, we don't particularly like. But... And yeah, we don't harbour fully realistic dreams of a title or or anything just yet. But while we're there, like I say, I want to stay there. So yeah, any any possible slip up that could happen to to City, I would want to see happen because it would be nice. How it's been great to be top the entire season, but how nice would it be to have a four point gap on them, like? That would be great. How nice. If somebody said Arsenal are four points clear after 10 games. Yeah. I mean... Exactly. Exactly. Insane. And so that's why I've got to cheer for that result because Liverpool are, is it 14 points behind? I think they have two games in hand um, because of all of the cancellations and stuff over the Queen. So they're still well out of touch. So that's the other bit. If it was another, If it was the team in third that were just one point behind City, then I'd uh, I'd want a draw um, so that they both drop points. But in this instance, I do want to see a Liverpool result, but I want to see uh, my fantasy players pick up some points. So a high-scoring affair, please. there you have it the long and short of it was that Arsenal got lucky in Europe we didn't play well but we got the win and at the end of the day that is what matters uh, the rest can be talked about thereafter behind closed doors with the with the team and the coaches we've looked forward a little bit to our game against Leeds this weekend we think that there's going to be a W hopefully on the board there and a quick and very realistic discussion on what might happen in the Liverpool Man City game so uh, yeah let's just see what happens and we'll be back in just a couple of days talking about the weekend's football and uh, hopefully Arsenal still sitting on top of the Premier League exactly right thanks again for everybody who's listened especially to this one because uh, it wasn't much of a game to talk about I'll tell you that no um, good, good thing we've yeah. wandered off and spoke about other things eh <laughs> Yeah, appreciate everybody's listening. Um, tune in again. We'll come back hopefully with a with a win under the belt. Yeah.